Hello, everyone, and welcome to Back to Business COVID-19 and You. This is the podcast where we meet with business professionals, experts, and business owners to try and determine what is the path forward? You know, we've all been impacted by this COVID-19 pandemic in different ways. And really now we're in that phase where it's more about what we're gonna do next than what we've done in the past. And so that's why we've put together Back to Business to help mid-sized businesses like yours think about what are some of the best practices? What are other people doing in different industries? What are the experts saying from a marketing perspective are the ways that we can get back to business. Before we get started, I wanted to share with you that today's episode of the Back to Business podcast is brought to you by Infinity Bank. Infinity Bank is Southern California's newest bank specifically designed to help you and your business succeed. When you call Infinity Bank, you will speak to a real person who works in the office, not someone in another state or even another continent. The people at Infinity Bank are business owners just like you, so they understand what it takes to own and operate a business, especially in times like these. Call Infinity Bank today. I have personally spent time with both Bala and Victor, the CEO and president. They will work with you to find ways to help. Don't waste any more time hoping your bank will get back to you. Call them today at 657-223-1000 or visit them at GoInfinityBank.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome. On today's episode, we talked to Wing Lam, the co-founder of Wahoo's Fish Tacos. Now, just like Fratsky Media, Wahoo's is a family-owned and battle-tested company. So I love Wing's perspective, especially when you consider that here in Orange County, Wahoo's has been around for over 30-plus years. They have 40-plus locations here and in some other markets around the country. So he's got some great experience to share with us when we start to think about what does it look like to get back to business. And of course, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that this episode is going to talk a lot about the restaurant industry specifically. So if you're in the restaurant industry, this is the perfect episode for you. If you're not, there are still many, many parallels when it comes to how do we operate our business at a limited capacity? What are some of the things that we should be thinking about from a a digital perspective and a digital marketing perspective? We get into all of this and more. So please enjoy my interview with Wing Lam from Wahoo's Fish Tacos. Alrighty, just want to uh, officially say hi Wing, welcome to Back to Business. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's Monday. It's time to get going. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. And it, it, you know, it sounds like uh, there's a lot going on at this particular Wahoo's location that you're at. And I just want to start by saying, uh, you know, we've heard a lot of stories about people and business owners getting involved and, and pitching in and trying to help. Um, and I just want to thank you for all the work that you're doing in the community, helping frontline workers, teaming up with Anaheim Ducks and the Honda Center. Uh, another occasion, you did 250 meals for Costa Mesa police and firefighters. Yep. And so just want to thank you for that. Well, thanks. I mean, we're doing our part, trying to stay busy. So it's twofold helping the frontliners and keeping my staff working. So it's, it's good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, you know, again, here in Orange County, for folks that are listening that are in Southern California, you know, they've, they've probably ate at Oahu's before. And so it is nice that you are staying open and that you're coming up with different solutions to try and feed people um, and keep your, your workers, you know, on the payroll and, and give them 
something to do in this time where a lot of folks are, are staying at home. With that being said, you know, since the kind of the beginning of this pandemic, what are some of the biggest changes your team has had to adapt to in this crisis? The biggest thing right out of the gate is the fact that, you know, our business got cut down by 90%. Wow. So imagine, you know, one day you're doing $1,000, the next day you're doing $100, right? So using that as the basis, we needed to get to about 20% to kind of keep the lights on. So luckily for me, through, you know, a little bit of, I call it uh, goodwill, having a little faith, I was able to team up some of my friends, vendors, specifically like Pacifico Beer, our constellation partner. And they said, hey, the quote unquote supermarkets, uh, the distribution centers are busy, but the restaurants are really doing no business at all. Right. So maybe there's a way for us to uh, take some meals to supermarkets. And they all looked at me and goes, you're crazy. I'm like, well, ask, you know? And they thought, what a great idea because we do have all this marketing budget set aside that we're not going to do anything with because there's no events, no charities, nothing going around. So why not kill two birds with one? Take care of an on-premise account, which is me, and basically, you know, share with an off-premise, which is like a supermarket. So we started out with Northgate, Smart and Final, Trader Joe's, Rouse, uh, Pavilions. So we've done them all, right? So a little bit of that money offset the fact that it goes, hey, now we can basically donate some to the, to the hospital because they don't have a budget to do anything with, right? right. So we kind of took a little bit from Peter to pay Paul kind of a thing. But <laughs> the really beautiful part was it was able to keep our businesses afloat. Right? right. And then when people started seeing this, other basically friends of mine, you know, uh, Dina from uh, Lone Depot, uh, the, no, I mean from uh, Coastal Loans, uh, Bree from Lone Depot, all these people started coming in and going, hey, how can we help you? Right. It might be great if you guys could help us underwrite some of the costs. Mm -hmm. So they all did. I mean, so it's not about making money right now. It's about keeping the lights on. So if I needed to get to 20%, I've achieved that. <clears throat> it also prevented us from closing an additional four locations, right? Mm -hmm. Because they were basically decimated. So we already closed the two mall locations. Uh, we already closed two LA locations. And we closed two of our sporting events, uh, Staples Center and Honda. So all in, I think there were seven stores that really got shut down right out of the gates. Right. So we've been like, okay, and there were four more on the bubble. So you're looking at almost a third of our stores would have been closed in Southern California. Right? So Vegas and ourselves basically said, hey, what, how can we do this? Right? Because obviously you've seen pictures of the Las Vegas trip. You can literally take a bike and ride from one end to the other and not right. see a person. Which right. is crazy. That's never ever happened. And we're not talking for one day. We're talking for the last, what, six, eight weeks, right? right? It is absolutely crazy. So it came down to, hey, let's get creative. If the most customers are not coming in, let's go out and find them. And that's what we Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And to your point, it, it kills two birds with one stone, right? Yeah. So you can keep people employed. Um, yep. You can bring different partners together to help kind of write off some of the cost or to, to carry some of that burden or some of that load. Yeah. And you're helping people out in yeah. the community. So yeah. it's like a win, 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 win. Yes. You know? yes. And, and literally, like I was talking to our friends from Schneider Langston, a big construction company, right? And they did the same thing. They had a project in downtown LA 
and they call it a topping off party when they put the last beam at the top of the building, right? So we went in there, we brought lunches to the crew and they've never seen anything like it, right? Because typically they don't do that. Right. But the fact is they're like, hey, since we don't have anything else going on and we have this budget set aside, here's a thousand dollars to go take care of our people. I'm like, sure, right? So again, it wasn't anything typically that I would do. But it, the, the look on all the construction guys' face, because they're they're working. Right. So it's again, it's a nice, I call it surprise, a nice gift, right? And they felt like, oh my God, it's never seen it before. And here's the owner of Wahoo's, right? And that's the other thing I'm coming in, right? <laughs> Unload all the food and drinks. They were thrilled. And that's the, the, the reaction that you're getting when we go to hospitals, fire department, police department. They're just not getting food. They're seeing the owner, the guy, the, the company, me, right. driving the car, unloading everything. Yeah, <laughs> so no, that's fun. special. It's cool. Yeah. I like it. And, and and people, again, if you're if you've ever been to Wahoo's before, and then you're walking down the street and you saw Wing Lamb walking across there, you would say, "Oh, that's the owner of Wahoo's." I mean, you just have yeah. that kind of uh, aura <laughs> about you here in Orange yeah. County, especially. But. Um, Tell me a little bit about how you've adapted from a perspective, you know, a lot of folks in your space are doing some of these third party delivery apps, they're shifting to takeout. How has that been going? What does that process look like for your team? Well, we are doing a lot of third party, the Grubhubs and DoorDashes and Uber Eats. But the main thing that I like to stress to our customers, if you'd like to support us, call in and come and pick it up yourself, right? Because by the time the third party takes their fee to run their side of the business, there's really not a whole bunch left for us. So I explained the, the math to them, and they're like, oh, my God. He goes, yeah, I mean, it's better than nothing. But if you really want to help us, you know, go to ours or go to any of our neighbors, right? But come in in person, say hello, tell them that you appreciate that we're still open for business, you know, but really come out. But the big number that everybody's got to see is we were an 80% dine-in, 20% takeout. Mm. That's why we're down 80% now, right? Because we only got the takeout part. So we're having to adapt. Uh, We're looking at a lot of different platforms on how we can basically go directly to the consumer. The big missing piece is the driver, right? Because there's a huge liability of having your own guys. So the people that were, I call it in the pizza business, they're already in that model. Like they own their drivers. So that's the, the missing piece that I think all of us have to figure out how to adapt. Because if you drive around people here, anybody that has a drive through their numbers are down 20%. They're not down 80 because their business model was 80% drive through anyway. Right. So they're missing the dining part, but they're not even close. The one that I'm laughing at the most is Sonic Burger. I mean, two months ago, they were just another burger place. Right. Now on a Friday night, you can't find a spot because they're all the old diners, right? You just pull up and you sit there and you eat in your car, right? right. And which is amazing. It's a great experience, but they're the only ones that were doing that before this, you know? So they're right there. Like they have no issues because their model was eating your car. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not much has changed. That's so no. true. Um, what, you know, I, I want to get into the takeout 
part or the pickup part a, a little bit deeper because to your point and it's a really good point that some people especially the consumer probably miss is they really don't know where their money is going when they log into uber eats or postmates they just know they're ordering their food and then it's going to get delivered to them um but it sounds like pickup and takeout is is more beneficial to the business so how do you incentivize people? I, I know you said, hey, you're trying to tell folks, come on in, say thank you, show some appreciation. But how do, what are some other tactics that you use to incentivize people to kind of train them to, to come in? Because that last mile, to your point, is the most expensive, whether you're paying some other driver or you're bringing in the driver, you lose a lot of your margin right there. So how do you get them to come in the front door? Well, <clears throat> one of the incentives we started doing literally right out of the gate we offer everybody that came in a free soda, right? A free fountain drink. And right there, that's a 2 to $3, depending, you know, and it's a nice incentive. So if you have a party of four, you just knock literally $10 off your order, right? So it was a really good deal. And we said, hey, because all the product was going to sit anyway, right? So it was a really nice incentive because through Uber, it's kind of hard because by the time you get the soda, it's going to be almost flat because it's going to be 15, 30 minutes from the time you order and the time it gets to you. So one of the nice incentives is was they come in. And then one of the other things now we've offering is like, a, you know, basically sort of for a dollar kind of a thing. Mm. Or buy one, get one, right? So we try to find different ways to add a little bit when they show up. And now we got the growlers for beers. We've got all these little things that aren't necessarily offered through the delivery system because the stuff's going to go flat, we right. call it, right? So you can come in, you know, get a special, you know, a, dollar, a couple of bucks for a beer or a dollar for a soda. So anything like that, you know, it kind of helps us. And also, you know, we always try to remind people, get out of the house, you know? Yeah. I know my wife and I, we have tried to, to carve out that time to get out. Even if we uh, just get in the car and drive to the beach, maybe we don't get out, but we're just cruising down PCH just yeah. to see the ocean again. Uh, it is important. Um let's dive in a little deeper to, you know, you said you were looking at maybe some, some alternatives to get direct to consumer in your you know, business, primarily being brick and mortar, like you said, 80% uh, yeah. dine in 20% takeout. How do you start to look into that digital transformation into some of these different ways to, to, to go direct to consumer? And what are some of the things you're looking at? Well, there's basically these apps I call delivery apps, you know, <clears throat> and uh, right now I think there was uh, at your table, I believe was one, there's like two or three of them, right? So the idea is to somehow either have the person come in or find a lower, you know, because there are these companies out there that I, I don't want to use the word, uh, they're more efficient, right? right? And they don't take quite as much of the commission. So that's a deal, right? Because if you're taking anything more than 20%, that's pretty much your margin, right? So if you can get down to like a 10 to 15%, it, it, it's, it's palatable. So it's not like you're making money, but you're kind of somewhat at least covering your costs, right? right? So that's what we're negotiating with right now. And there's a number of them out there. You just got to be smart and how we do it, but also allow it to make sure it's foolproof, right? Because the thing that doesn't work in this model, if you get any kind of mistake, is just like when you, the, the club people, right? When you buy the shavers, right? You have to return it. That model doesn't work. 
So if you get a subscription where it's a fruit, a, a clothing or food, as long as there's no returns, the model works. So you got to make sure, you know, maybe streamline the operation a little bit and maybe you don't have the full menu, but make it so it's almost bulletproof because you, you want to allow the customer to customize some of it, but at the same time, you want to minimize it because when you start customizing orders, that's when the mistakes happen. Right. If you just ordered the hamburger the way it is, never any issues. But right. when you want this on the side, this on the side, and this on top, this not, that's it. The human error, whether it's you or me or the chef, something somebody's going to go, oh, I forgot the cheese, right? right. So that's where you just got to be really kind of careful because your order may be done perfectly, but because you modified it, there's going to be a human touch in there somewhere. And that's where the mistakes happen. So whether right. it's on the input or on the output side, things are going to happen. You know, I know when I'm at Wahoo's and I'm ordering my two tacos, um, and I like the, the, the version uh, that has the uh, kind of that Korean slide. I think oh, it's yeah. like, you know, yeah. and, but I always say no cilantro because to me, cilantro tastes like soap, but I can imagine a world. <laughs> And that's a thing that's scientifically proven. I'm not just high maintenance, but, yeah. uh, you know, I can imagine a world you're given that, yeah. that phone call, no cilantro and they go, okay, more cilantro, you know, and then by the time it gets to you, you know, you're, you're <laughs> a little disappointed, you know? So to yeah. your point, it's like, how do you bulletproof the menu to make sure that these items yeah. travel well, you know, maybe yeah. even do some testing, I guess, and say, okay, let's yeah. put it out for 30 minutes and let's see if it still tastes good at the end. Yeah. You know? Um, something that you talked about with the Sonics kind of, uh, this light bulb went off in my head about some of these industries or, or business models that kind of were set up in such a way that this whole coronavirus cri crisis kind of actually played perfectly into their model. Yes. Um, what that reminds me of is that as we kind of get back to business and start opening up again, do you think there's anything or any consumer trends that have started now like delivery or takeout that will last? Or do you think it will be back to business as normal? I mean, what are some of the things that you think will continue to, to change the industry? Well, the whole distancing part, right? So I think restaurants that have the drive-through would be fine. Uh, restaurants that have patios would be great. But any restaurant where literally like bars, that it's, you know, the, the more crowded, the better. That model is done, right? So we got to figure out, at least for now, we don't know after this next winter what the mm -hmm. normal will be. So whatever happens this summer is not what's going to happen because once October, November come, I call flu season again. Right. Last year was flu, then the COVID. I think this year, anybody that's caught is COVID, right? So yeah. people are going to be on a very high alert and very sensitive to anybody sniffling, coughing, anything. It's like, oh my God, oh my God, they're going to freak out, right? So you're going to have that immediate, you know, uh, knee-jerk reaction. So anything that's crowded, like from a sporting event to a concert, anything where you used to be shoulder to shoulder, back to back, that's going to change a little bit. So that's where we got to figure out what is going to be the new comfort level, right? And again, if you've ever been to, I call it Asia, it is literally, if you open even a little bit of room, whether you're driving or walking, somebody's going to cut in front of you. Right. right. So social distancing in Asia is very like shoulder to shoulder, right? Like the subway. Right. In America, 
there's a little bit of personal distance. So the question is, how is that going to change now, right? Is it going to be two feet apart or six feet apart? Right? That, that's really the, 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 the thing that we don't know, right? And so for restaurants right now, for dining, is the distancing is six feet, right? So we're trying to follow all that. There's a lot of rumors about having the glass partition, right? And you've seen some of the shower curtain, you know, that the people are right. using in Europe or the glass house, you know, the greenhouse. Yeah. So we're seeing a lot of that, right? So we don't know what's going to be the mandate. And everybody here say uh, masks are really nice, right, to, to, to put on, right? Right. But we know that only protects other people, right? right? That's at least what we hear, right? Then you have these new things, face <laughs> fields, right? right? So again, we have everything ready. We've got gloves, right? But we all know that washing hands may be a little bit better than gloves. But from an aesthetic visual, somebody's got gloves, somebody's got a shield, somebody's got a mask, the consumer feels a little bit better. Right. So now we're just trying to figure out to what level, right? Everybody's going to be at. So we're like, we're ahead of it, but we don't know what's going to happen, right? right. In a perfect world, we would have our 2,000 square foot restaurant turning into eight, right? And then we have plenty of room. But if we have to pay rent on 8,000, that model doesn't work either, right? right? So this is the two parts right now we're trying to figure out. Well, I think you you brought up some interesting things there, and I love the uh, the Wahoo's branded uh, face <laughs> shield there. That's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I I even heard a rumor that you guys were potentially thinking about selling those at cost or something like that, just yeah. to 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 give people that sense of, yeah. of safety. So that's one of those things that I, I start to think about, and you kind of mentioned pieces of it. How far out are you thinking right now? Is it a two week? period a four-week period what does it look like we're thinking next winter because right now when the weather is warm you got this really nice sense of security like yeah you know like if you were down at the beach over the weekend you would not thought anything was going on in the country right. i mean there were people riding the beach cruiser the skateboarders or scooters shoulder to shoulder going to the local, you know, eatery, grabbing food and going to the beach and eating it. Other than not eating at the restaurant, you wouldn't have thought anything else was going on. So if you go off the beach, you can't walk into a supermarket without a mask. At the beach, it was like, eh, the pavilions there was like, they were sick and tired of yelling at people. So there were times when somebody would say, hey, you can't come in without a mask, right? But the majority of the time, you know, it is what it is because not everybody has a mask at the beach. So I can tell you from being there for the last two days, because I lived down in Newport, right. I would say that maybe less than 10% of people had any kind of covering, right? right. Uh, whether it was a shield or a mask. And they were all cruising around, rollerblading, skating, whatever they were doing. It's like, hey, because as long as you're moving, that was a whole mandate, right? You're not sitting. <laughs> you know. And I'm like, hey, I'm just... You know, I'm watching all this, you know, and enjoying the weather. But the weather has been nice uh, yeah. the last couple of days. It's raining a little bit in Southern yep. California today, but uh, you wouldn't have known that yesterday or the no. day before. It was so beautiful. Um, and Californians are notoriously creative, so you have to uh, to give them that. Well, we're not standing still, so 
Um, <laughs> you know, you, you did a, an interview recently and you had a quote that I really liked and I kind of was hoping we could unpack it a little bit. You sure. said, um, this is not going to be a tomorrow morning, turn on the lights back on. It's going to be tough. Uh, as a community, we really need to get our act together and rally. What does that look like? What does that rally look like? What are you talking about specifically? We, we got to pay attention. I mean, yes, <clears throat> we are all suffering right now. I mean, we're all, like I said, across the board, 80% down, right? But if you decide that, hey, I need to have dine in and reopen my bar tomorrow, you're affecting the entire industry. So mm-hmm. you kind of have to be smart that, yes, it's not just you that is down 80%. It's all of us. So be smart. If you're going to offer alcohol, if you're going to have a patio, again, I'm not telling you to do it, but it's a little bit better than an enclosed space. But is it perfect? No. There's no perfect solution at the moment. We're all going to try, right? But the moment somebody goes down because they were at a bar, you now affected all of us. The same with a shop, right? A retail. But what's the difference between a serve shop and a bike shop? Because the bike shops right now are packed, right? I, all my friends that own bike shops, they've never made more money than they're making right now because the gyms are closed. So when you look at a bike shop and in a serve shop, why should the serve shop not be open as well? Because I can tell you, in all the bike shops, there's not a whole lot of social distancing going on. No. I understand. Because people are used to kind of shopping. They want to touch and feel their bike, right? So that's the part that I'm like, okay, if you're going to allow retail to be open, you should allow retail to be open, right? Bars, I understand. The restaurants, I'm like, but again, if you were at the supermarket, you realize there's not a lot of distancing going on. So really, what is the difference between that and a restaurant? Right. And you've, you've heard, we've all heard that people have gotten sick. You know, at least employees at, at the supermarkets. So again, that's the whole thing is this guy can be open and this guy can't. I'm like, oh, I don't see it, right? So just because you're walking around and you're not sitting down, you're still in a supermarket for 20, 30 minutes, right? <laughs> I mean, if you've been to Costco, now it takes you a half hour to get in and out, right? Yeah. So that's the part that I don't understand. But I mean, hey, you know what? I'm not the governor. I'm not the president, right? So right. that's where everybody say, hey, if the guy can be open here, why can't I? And that's the hard part. I don't have the answer, right? We're doing the best we can. But it would be like going, hey, you can't go inside the supermarket. you got to go to the curbside. Well, most people like to pick their own produce. So that doesn't work, right? So right. if you're going to allow supermarkets, I think retails that are based selling food. If you're going to let the bike shop be open, you got to let the serve shop be open, right? So these are the things that, are, you know, the argument is like, we're all in it together, but don't go do something just because, right? Because you're going to affect the rest of us. So we all have to be smart, but at the same time, we all have to survive. Because I'm finding more and more people that are already basically saying, hey, we're done. We're not coming back. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, you've been around for 30 years. What do you mean you're not coming back? Right. Because we're not coming back. Yeah, it's one of those flashbulb moments, you know, we think about as a, a culture and as a country, 9-11, Pearl Harbor, yeah. some of these things that everybody kind of remembers where I was when that happened. Yeah. The thing that's a little bit more difficult about this crisis is that it's so long, Yeah, you know. All right, I want to take a quick break and pass it over to our head of client strategy here at Fratsky Media, Lisa. Lisa, take it away. 
Thank you, James. I'm really excited to talk to this audience today because we've been talking to a lot of our clients at Bratsky Media and truly believe that now more than ever, it's important for mid-sized businesses to connect with their customers online. I think we've all seen that COVID-19 has had widespread impacts on companies, our employees, and our economy. We fundamentally believe at Fratzi Media that the rebound will be digital. If you don't know where to start and you want to make digital your competitive edge, we can help. Visit FratziMedia.com to schedule your free consultation. Our digital marketing experts specialize in helping mid-sized businesses like you leapfrog the competition. We look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks, Lisa. All right, let's get back into it. Uh, the thing now that we're all worried about, and this is across the board, right? So let's just, for our category, restaurants and bars, right? If we're looking at an occupancy of 25%, remember the math that I did for you earlier, right? right. If 20% is takeout and 80% is dine-in. So if we go to 25% occupancy, which means to us we're full, right? Because that's all we're allowed to be. We're going to be at 50%, give or take, of our business, mm-hmm. right? Imagine that. We're 50%. Well, break-even is somewhere around 80%. So we're going to be running negative. There. Right. The big number that I'm worried about right now is the landlords are still going to charge you for 100% of your capacity. So now here's the math for you. That really is the one that hard to swallow. At 100% capacity, most ranked structures are somewhere between, let's say, 8 to 12% of your total gross sales. If you're running at 50% occupancy, your rent just went up to about 20 to 25%. That's assuming you're at 50%. Now, I can do the math for you. Most Thank businesses you. can't survive, right? Because right. who in their right frame of mind today will sign a lease where the rent is 25% of their gross sales? There's not a single business that I know in the world that can afford that. There's not enough margin to go around, right? And that's assuming you're at 50%, right? Most instances, let's just say you go back to, again, this is the occupancy, right? Because assuming that you could control 100% of your takeout, which we can't. So I'm going to assume right now it's about half and half, half delivery and half takeout. So you're actually running at about 30%. You're not running at 50. So your rent just went up to 35%. At 35%, I'll be in business to pay my landlord every day. Right. Yeah. Right? What's yeah. the point? Yeah. <laughs> what is the point? So the landlords are like, are you kidding me? You signed a great lease. I signed a great lease. At 100%. At 50% or less, you need to take that percentage down. So it's still 8 to 10% of my sales. But they have this thing called a base mm-hmm. rent. You can't go below that. So it's whichever is greater, the base or that. The current base will be 25% of your business. You might as well close the doors. Right. Because one, we don't know when you're going to get to 100. If you're ever going to get there. Right? So the new reality might be running at 50 to 60%. So most of my friends right now are talking about walking away because they don't know 
because right now we're hoping that we're going to be at 50% because of the weather. Come fall, if you go back to 20, back up again. Because right now, the only reason we're even open at 20% is because nobody's paying rent. As soon as you got to pay rent, right now, most of our stores, the rent would be north of 60% of our cost. Wow. And which is unheard of. Because right now, we have enough money to pay two things. Labor and food. That's it. Right. Right. You add rent to it. Bye-bye. So that's why the LA stores, when the mandate came, Santa Monica became a ghost town. Right now, malls are ghost town. Right. Right. So why would you want to pay? And some of our highest rents are in the malls. I don't see how anybody in a mall can afford to be open. Right. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, no, I'm, my dad's in the, the 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 mall business as far as he's got businesses inside of malls in San Diego, about five locations. And and he's in that same situation where, A, they're not letting people in the front door, but his rent is still due. And B, his big concern is, is that when they do unlock the doors and let people in, nobody's going to be rushing to the mall to, to, to hang out, right? But to your point, he's running into the same issue where – the landlords are saying, well, hey, rent is still due. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. And it's, it, it is a, uh, a difficult situation, to say the very least. <laughs> yeah, so it'd be interesting to offline to see what your dad's going to do. Right. Because does your dad want to be paying the landlord so he can keep his lights on every month? I don't think, it, I don't not think that's a good model. Yeah, no, yeah. well, it's yeah. not. And, and he's in the same vein that you are, that there's a mutual benefit. We have a few minutes sure. left, and I just want to kind of uh, ask one big idea question and, sure. and, and see where it goes. But do you see a reality where, you know, your business today is 20 takeout delivery, 80 dine-in? Do you see a reality where you start to think about how do we get dine-in and takeout to be a you know, at least 50% of our business and start thinking about maybe smaller locations that serve larger service areas and those types of things. Have those been ideas you've kind of thought about? Oh, the whole idea, like with offices right now, everybody's trying to figure out that people can work at home. Not all the jobs in any company can be, you don't need to be present to do the job. It helps, you don't have to. I Google all the big guys, right? So you have a lot of offices right now that are trying to sublease their office space because that's right. a new reality. Or restaurants, that might be one of the options to say, hey, donut guy, maybe you can use my shop in the early morning so that we can you know, split the rent a little bit. But the idea that you're going to be paying rent on a space that you're only utilizing 25% of it, just the math. I, you know, you, your dad would have that answer. I'm like, dude, let me talk to your dad if he figured out how to pay <laughs> rent on 100% and use 25%. I just don't see the math working. So whether it's through a partnership, subleasing, some creative way of maybe, maybe opening 24 hours a day, I don't know what the answer is, but you've got to be able to do 100% on 25% of the space. I just don't see how that math works. Right. Right. Well, I'll give you the final word, Wing, and I really appreciate our time today. But uh, is there anything else you want to share with the audience before we leave today? The whole thing is that this is an unprecedented, you know, place that we're in. Do the best that we can. But in the end, let's all be fair. Let's all try to work together and get out of this thing together. Because if you get out before the rest of us, that means the rest 
will be stuck and there might not be a Wahoos in every corner. There might be only a handful left, you know, and this right. same for any other business that's out there. The choice is, I mean, a lot of mom and pops will probably cease to exist if we don't all get out of this together. Right. Well, uh, I think those are very, very wise words and I appreciate your time today and the, the conversation was great. Well, Wing, thank you so much. I know that I've been enjoying my takeout uh, Wahoo's Tacos. And uh, I'm hoping that folks, if they're living in California, they go and patronize uh, your restaurants because it, the food is really great and uh, you're helping out the community. And I think it's a win-win. Thank you. All righty. That concludes my interview with Wing Lamb of Wahoo's Fish Tacos. I said it at the beginning. I want to say it one more time because it's worth repeating. If you're looking for an opportunity to help out a local business here in Southern California and just eat great food, uh, then Wahoo's is a great option for you. And make sure you do exactly what Wing said, which is do takeout, go inside, thank people for their service and all the things that Wahoo is doing in our community. With that being said, the Back to Business podcast is all about helping mid-sized businesses like yours get back to business in this kind of post-COVID-19 reality that we're living in. And so at Fratsky Media, we really believe that the rebound will be digital. And that's why at the end of each episode, I'm going to unpack some of the takeaways from my interview uh, with each guest and try to give you some very practical strategies from a digital marketing perspective that you can take back into your business. So there were three points that really stood out to me uh, when talking to Wing. Number one is he gave us this uh, idea of delivery on third-party platforms and takeout and pickup. And the math just doesn't work out with these third-party platforms. Yes, they're very convenient for our customers, but that 20% commission, that's, that's your margin when you're in the restaurant business and you can't really afford to give that up. So first point is how do you leverage platforms that you own, like your website, to bring people in and help finish the ordering process right there on your website. Don't allow them to go to third-party platforms. Make your website so visually appealing and easy to use and mobile-first optimized because so much traffic is coming from mobile that they can't help but want to finish and complete that order right there on your own platform. My second takeaway is when we're thinking about our menus in, in the restaurant industry, we need to start thinking digital first for two reasons. Number one, back to the first point, if we have a menu online that's easy to find and has great, beautiful pictures, it's mobile optimized, that's going to help incentivize people to complete the order through your own platform. The second thing to think about is when we do get back to our physical locations and start offering dining again, one of the mandates is going to be that you have disposable menus that are one-time use. And a great way to think about this is creating a digital menu that works just as well, if not better, than a physical menu that folks can use at the luxury of having it right there in their own smartphone. So keep that in mind. Number two, when we're thinking about digital or when we're thinking about menus, rather, think digital first. And the third point that really stood out to me was putting on our storytelling cap. And, and when we're out in the community doing certain things like feeding first responders, understanding that that is valuable information to share with our customers and thinking through what are the best channels to do that? Is it on your website? Absolutely. Maybe through a blog post. Is it through email marketing? You bet. 
right? That constant contact. It's like a direct relationship with our customers. And of course, the obvious one is sharing that story on social media. If you're in the restaurant business, Instagram is probably going to be a great platform for you if you're not already using it to tell that story of how you're reacting to this pandemic. With all that being said, I hope you appreciated and enjoyed the time we spent together. I know I certainly did. And I can't wait to see all your faces in person, but until I can, hopefully uh, this checks off some box for you uh, for the human contact that you were allotted today. Uh, All kidding aside, thanks so much for listening. And I can't wait to talk to you again. Well, that's it for today's episode of the Back to Business podcast. You know, if you like what you heard today, join the bank that believes in businesses like these and like yours, Infinity Bank. I was just speaking with Victor and Bala at Infinity Bank recently, and they shared with me how they find ways to help businesses and their owners succeed, regardless of the challenges they're facing. Come to Infinity Bank. They will remind you why having a banker is more important than just having a bank. Infinity Bank, Southern California's best bank. Hey everyone, one last thing before you leave. Make sure you go to whatever platform you're listening to the Back to Business podcast on and leave us a positive review. Every rating and review really helps us grow the show. And make sure you share it with people in your professional network so we can help other people like you and your midsize business get back to business. Back to Business.